This is Performance Delivered, insider secrets for digital marketing success with Stefan Horst and Dave Antiel. Welcome to the Performance Delivered, insider secrets for digital marketing success podcast, where we talk with marketing and agency executives and learn how they build successful businesses and their personal brand. I'm your host, Stefan Horst. The topic for today's episode is creating customers for life through deeply personalized experiences. Here to speak with me is Brian Border, who is the VP Marketing of Just Answer, the world's leading expert marketplace connecting more than 60 million people worldwide with doctors, lawyers, and more. The company is revolutionizing professional services by making fast, affordable expert help accessible to people everywhere. Brian has had marketing leadership roles at Just Answer, Education.com, and Chatterfly, driving business transformation through the development of omni-channel consumer marketing programs. He also led marketing teams at Kodak Gallery and Blue Shield of California. Early in his career, Brian served as a business strategy consultant first at Accenture and then at Pepper and Rogers Group, working with leading global brands such as Nike, Jaguar, HP, and Amgen. Brian, welcome to the show. Thanks, Stefan. It's great to be here. Now, Brian, before we start talking about um, how to create personalized experiences, tell our listeners a little bit more about yourself. How did you get started in marketing and um, how did you end up at Just Answer? Sure. So very early on in uh, my career, I took on a summer internship uh, while I was in college at uh, DHL Express, the uh, package delivery company. And I uh, was focused on marketing communications for that summer. I had a great mentor who gave me exposure to all sorts of different areas. And uh, it really uh, attracted me to, uh, to the field of marketing and the uh, ability to both effectively communicate and influence uh, with, uh, with customers and help drive, uh, help drive impact to the business through the, through the area of marketing. Um, from from then, as you mentioned, I, I've been I've been in consulting for uh, the first part of my career. I spent uh, eight years uh, spread across Accenture and Peppers and Rogers Group, and most of my most of my projects there were also focused on uh, were on marketing. So I think it was inevitable that uh, that was my, uh, my my career calling. Um, since uh, since the time in consulting, I, uh, I shifted over to the client side of things. Because I was, I became more and more eager to uh, be able to stay with a single company and go deeper and um, really get um, get into the, uh, the the details of, uh, of of the business and the marketing side of things. Whereas uh, on the consulting side, you are moving from uh, you're typically moving from one client to the next every three, six, or nine months. I was eager to be able to stay for a longer period of time with a single company and launch campaigns, learn from them, and iterate over time. I've been at uh, I've been just at Just Answer for about a year and a half, and I was uh, the reason I, I joined is because first and foremost, I really uh, was drawn by the business model. So we are, as you mentioned, we're an online platform that connects uh, consumers with uh, with experts. Uh, in a lot of different fields, ranging from medical to legal to veterinarians to mechanics. And we basically offer a fast, affordable, high-quality experience that uh, isn't easily replicated uh, in more traditional means of uh, uh, the way customers typically try to seek help in uh, different areas of their life. Um, I, so I was really excited to be a part of this company. Uh, Just Answer has been around for 18 
plus years at this point and has had really, uh, really nice growth and has had profound impact on so many different customers' lives, uh, everything from helping uh, customers who are uh, maybe having a, a car issue, helping them get to work in the morning, to things much more material, such as helping uh, to uh, help people who are sick uh, get, uh, get better, or helping even to save lives of, uh, of people's cherished pets. Interesting. Now, today's topic is creating customers for live food deeply personalized experiences. Brian, what does personalization mean to you? Sure. So for, for me, I, I would summarize personalization as, as making really intelligent use of data to create highly relevant experiences for your customers. And I would just say that I think it goes beyond the basics of collecting a couple of data points about a customer, such as their name or where they live, and serving that back to them. But you know, for it to be really be powerful and impactful. To me, uh, personalization at its, uh, in its truest form, it's about building robust customer profiles that allow you to more deeply understand customer needs and then to use that, uh, use that understanding to create targeted interactions and experiences with customers. Um, and that can come in the form of everything from providing uh, really smart product recommendations to offering up value-added services or information it can come in the form of providing uh, unique promotions uh, for customers based on what you think will resonate best with them. Interesting. Now, how do you build those specific customer profiles? How do you go about that? Yeah, I think the companies that do it best uh, leverage, uh, creatively leverage information from a number of different sources. So I think in the online world, which is where I've been uh, focused for the last 10 years or so of my career, we, uh, you have the advantage of the fact that customers who are interacting on your site are engaging behaviors that are easily tracked uh, that you can, uh, you can then use to, uh, to, to, to learn more about them and to, uh, make, uh, um, to develop insights around what their, uh, what their needs and interests are. But I think where it's, it's really worked best for me and companies I've worked with is when you go beyond just taking the behavioral data and you expand upon that with, um, with, with other data sources. And that can include leveraging third-party data. And that can also include just proactively asking customers at various points in the customer journey to tell you uh, more about themselves so that uh, you can get a more complete uh, picture of, uh, of who they are, what they're about, and how to, uh, um, how to create a, a strong, ongoing relationship with them. Yeah. Now, if you ask people to disclose information about them, that's a very sensitive topic. I mean, people usually want to hold information about themselves a little bit closer to their chest. How do you go about that? How do, how do you extract that information? How do you make people feel comfortable that they disclose more information uh, about them? I think there's a, there's a couple of things that are important principles uh, when it comes to that. I think one is not um, asking for too much information at the start of a relationship. And uh, so just asking for maybe a couple of, uh, of basic fundamental questions about uh, the customer um, early on. And then um, delivering, as you deliver, make use of that information and starting to deliver personalized experiences and customers start seeing the value of what they're providing um, and having that served back up to them, um, I think that gives you license over time to continue to collect more information about them. Interesting. Now, how did personalization become an area of focus for you? How long have you been focused on it? Yeah, so 
personalization actually has been uh, involved or a key component of much of my uh, much of my career. So over over twenty years, um, my my first uh, consulting company I was at Accenture, and uh, the very uh, first project I was I was placed on was uh, working with a uh, was considered an internet think tank that lived within uh, within the uh, consulting uh, uh, company that was focused on helping companies uh, learn how to capitalize on the web. So this was in the, uh, the early days when co- companies knew they needed to have websites, but they weren't really sure how to make them work effectively for them. And so I was on a project team that uh, created uh Models and formulas for them to uh, to use to leverage to, uh, um, to to basically help them understand how to uh, how to how to how to best exploit the channel by uh, collecting information and creating uh, personalized uh, web experiences for customers as they uh, spent time interacting with the, with the sites. Um, since since that time, most areas of uh, most areas have been in, involved in marketing have. Uh, have had at least some areas of uh, of personalization uh, that that's been a part of my role, um, particularly in, uh, in in the fields of email and direct mail. So those are two of the channels that I've spent the most time uh, focusing on personalization. I think that there's uh, there's things that are unique about those uh, those particular channels that can allow you to be highly personalized uh, to customers and really see an impact from it. Now, what's the impact of those personalization that you have seen? Yeah, it. it depends on it, it really depends on the on, on the type of objective that uh, that you're trying to solve for and it, it depends on the area in which you are uh, in which you're employing the, uh, the the personalization but I can tell you that in some of my earlier days um, in uh, in the world of healthcare we used uh, personalized experiences to try to save customers who were uh, at uh, at risk of uh, of leaving our company and essentially going to a, a competitor. And based on the information we knew about them in terms of their health needs and their financial means, we were able to provide uh, recommended uh, plans for them that were really targeted specifically to their needs and that uh, fit, their, uh, fit their budget. And that allowed us to uh, increase uh, retention rates uh, by double digits through uh, some of the initiatives we ran there. More more recently, at just answer, we've been uh, we've been working on personalization in a number of different ways, and one uh, one personalization initiative that uh, we recently ran targeted uh, dog owners, and through uh, using the uh, information we knew about them and the specific needs and and help they needed um, in their lives to uh, to help uh, make their uh, help them with uh, dogs who are having health issues. We were able to uh, both increase conversion rates as well as to increase uh, the revenue, overall revenue we generated from them. Now, a second ago, you said that um, you predominantly use personalization for direct mail and uh, email. How are you using a deeper personalization for paid media activities? So, on the uh, on, on the paid media side, I think that uh, in large part goes. Uh, I think in large part that just comes with becoming really um, smart in terms of the uh, types of segmentation that you uh, that you put into place um, I think a lot of times um, companies will focus on sort of very basic obvious forms of uh, of segmentation um, if if that um, I can say it just a just answer we have uh, gotten to, Highly sophisticated in terms of really um, getting to a much more granular level 
of, uh, of personalization. And so to, to bring that to life a little bit more, um, we have a number of main categories of professional experts uh, within our network. And so yeah, as a starting point, we're able to target uh, do targeted advertising based on uh, um, by, by targeting customers who may have um, veterinary needs or medical needs or legal needs. But um, we get uh, we, over time we've we've tested and learned and gotten more and more granular to where we're now targeting customers based on very sort of specific needs they have within an overall category. So it, it's it's one thing to target uh, pet owners. It's another thing to target uh, somebody who owns a dog that is a black lab that is three years old. And that, that's the level of uh, sophistication that, uh, that we've gotten to over time so that we can really, um, really speak to the customers in, uh, in targeted ways through our advertising. And that, uh, that's proven to resonate really well with them. Now, earlier you mentioned that you're using obviously third-party data to get a much better understanding um, of, of your audience um, that you're communicating with. Now, with, with third-party data going away, well, it happens next year, the year after, or, or it's, it's further delayed a little bit. Um, how might that change the personalization approach? Yeah, I, I think it's going to put more onus on us to do a better job of collecting information directly from the customer um, when, uh, when, 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 when certain types of sources go away. So um, I mentioned that we do some uh, we do some cust- some data collection from customers today. Um, we actually have a number of ideas for how we can uh, extend that uh, over time. I would say most of our uh, data collection that uh, we get from customers happens within the uh, the first uh, few hours in which they're uh, engaging with us and engaging with uh, our experts. But um, we have an opportunity to build that out over time, similar to what I talked about earlier in terms of collecting, uh, collecting data over time and building more robust profiles uh, um, with that additional data collection. Now, Brian, why is personalization important? Why, why should someone even bother doing it? So I, I, think it's, I think it's really easy for companies to take a siloed, one-size-fits-all approach. I've worked at companies and come into some companies that have, have predominantly done that. And I think that ultimately, at the end of the day, uh, when, when you do that, you are you're missing an opportunity to create a deeper relationships with customers that show up in all the benefits of which show up in so many different ways. Be it uh, be it conversion, be it increased retention, uh, increased purchase size. So, long story short, I think it can be a real competitive advantage. The more a, a company learns about their customer. The more they're able to personalize, and the more they're able to personalize the experience towards that customer, it, it creates real barriers to uh, to switching. Uh, because if a customer wants to uh, move on to a competitor, they have to start all over in terms of sharing information with them and hoping that the competitor will uh, do a, do an effective job of uh, meeting their meeting their needs over time. Yeah, and I um, think. Oh, so go ahead, Brian. Yeah, no, I was just going to say, too, I think one, one thing uh, related to that, um, I talk a lot about personalization uh, at, at conferences, and I always like to uh, have back backup data uh, and see what the recent uh, 
recent data says about sort of the impact of personalization. And one um, that especially resonated with me was a Boston, Boston consulting study from a few years back that showed companies uh, companies that employ personalization personal, and personalized experiences for the customers demonstrate a two to three uh, times faster revenue growth. Um, and so it's not just something that I think is... Uh, in theory, a good thing to do. I think there's plenty of data out there at this point and plenty of studies that have been done that uh, helps to uh, to validate the impact of personalization. Yeah, I, I was just about to say something along the line what you just said in regards to revenue growth. Obviously, in, a, in an increasingly competitive media environment where, you know, these days, for example, on a search site, you no longer get, get clicks for AdWords sheep, right? A lot of people use paid search now, uh, the same on Facebook and other channels, it, it's just so important to be more targeted and then provide messaging and personalization to the target audience in order to achieve a much higher conversion rate, whatever the conversion point is that the company is going after. Um, because that at the end of the day means that you're getting a better return, as you just mentioned. Absolutely. Now, and I think I was going to say, I think on the, in, the, in, the paid, uh, in the paid media, it really is that combination of being sophisticated uh, with, with the targeting in ways that make, make sense for your business. But then you've got to marry that with the, uh, the effective messaging that makes sense for um, a particular uh, target audience you're going after. Right, right. Now, Brian, how important is personalization today compared to when you started working on it? How has it changed over the years? You know, as, as, as I mentioned, uh, as I mentioned earlier, personalization is something that's been part of my career at a, a number of different junctions, uh, starting from the very, very early days when I was in consulting. And I think it has become a lot more um, actionable. Whereas I think, I think in the past, um, there was only so much uh, companies could do because maybe the technology um, wasn't in place. Or there are also barriers in terms of not uh, in, in terms of the fact that uh, companies w customers weren't spending as much time online as they are today. I think now um, with uh, with the shift, uh, the continuing uh, ex expedited shift from uh, offline to online, along with the tools that exist today to uh, both uh, make more um, to to effectively collect and store data. To use to, to, to use insights uh, to develop insights from that data and then to serve it up in uh, in personalized ways and relevant ways to customers, I think that's night and day from how things were 20 years ago. How are you employing personalization at Just Answer, and what impacts have you seen there? I know you earlier gave a few little examples, but maybe you can uh, expand on it a little bit. Yeah, I, I mentioned uh, I, I mentioned the, uh, the 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 dog owner uh, campaign we were focused we were focused on, and right. one, one thing I would say about that is I, I talked about that I talked about that it had uh, both impacts on positive impacts on conversion as well as uh, as well as customer revenue. One thing that I would I would say that I hadn't touched upon earlier is that we've really made it a focus to create a consistent personalized uh, experience across the entire customer journey. So as I mentioned earlier, it's easy for, uh, for companies to be, to be siloed um, with, uh, with what they do in, in different channels. And we've, we've put a lot of focus on breaking down those silos and mapping out the customer experience from the time they come to our site, typically like from, uh, you know, from, from a paid advertising ad, 
to the time that uh, that they that they leave just answer. We've mapped out all the key touch points and uh, in, infused uh, infused personalization across uh, across each of those and did it in ways that uh, created a consistent experience across. So the customer really felt like no matter when and how and where they were interacting with us, they, they felt like they were being talked to, talk, uh, spoken to by us in uh, in personalized ways and relevant ways. Um, yeah, I think one other thing I, I can say is that um, like like a, a number of companies and companies other companies I've worked at. We are making greater and greater use of uh, data science and machine learning to help us um, get away from humans necessarily, uh, humans making decisions on what's the right information to serve up to customers, but uh, actually letting the, uh, the data decide on uh, what's the, what, what are the right messages, what are the right types of offers to promote to customers throughout the customer journey. Um, I think uh, definitely in the, in the top of funnel, in the, in, the, in the world of paid advertising and paid media, there are already some really sophisticated tools that exist, but we're trying to trying to leverage that uh, both uh, you know, when customers come to our site as well as uh, when we're interacting with them in uh, in, the, in our marketing channels. Now you just mentioned tools. Can you talk a little bit more about what technologies you use or you think are required to to have a much more personalized approach? Sure. So I'm going to keep it. I want to keep it a little a little higher level, but I think that uh, the, the, the basic components are as, are as follows. So I always think about it in terms of a uh, the, the data piece. So having uh, having having a place where you can. Uh, uh, effectively store uh, all the information you need that you collect about a customer, be it what they provide to you, be it the behavioral data they give you, be it uh, importing third-party data, but having that uh, that single source of truth for the for the customer. Uh, the second uh, piece is uh, what I what I call the insights layer. So taking that data and leveraging uh, leveraging the power of things like predictive models, for example, to uh, help you help us understand what is the most critical content and information to uh, to serve to customers across the customer journey. Um, and then the last uh, element is the deployment piece. And um, in relatively simple terms, um, that that's all about having the uh, the right uh, capabilities in place that can marry the the insights with the content and serve it up in the right channels to uh, different customers based on what uh, what makes most sense. What are some examples of of systems that can be used to store data? Um, are those CRM systems, for example? They can be yes. They can be they can be CRM systems. Um, sometimes uh, companies will uh, also can build it can build it in house. Um, just answer just answer. We tend to be more of a uh, build versus a buy company, so we tend to to create that in house. But yes, something like CRM systems are uh, some of the most robust CRM systems. Uh, basically, marry the, the the data component with the uh, with the insights and the deployment. Interesting. Now, do you have some examples of other companies that are doing personalization well? Yeah, it's it's one thing that's really fun is to keep an eye out uh, to see what what companies are doing and what companies are really really taking advantage of personalization. Um, conversely, it's also interesting to see um, companies that I've given information to that that don't take advantage of that uh, and don't actually create a personalized experience for me. But when I think about that, uh, when I think about companies that are doing it really well, I think of companies that are collecting data uh, continuously, like I've uh, I've spoken about before, 
and really using that data to get smarter and smarter over time in terms of the personalization that they uh, that they serve up. I think another another theme that uh, companies that do it well are companies that really integrate personalization across the the product experience. Uh, for example, when customers are on your actual site interacting with you, as well as uh, uh, integrating that with the uh, with the marketing the offsite marketing channels. You know, Netflix is one company that uh, I appreciate. I think they're uh, the more uh, I get sucked into uh, to watching shows on Netflix, the uh, the smarter and smarter they get with uh, with the recommendations they provide. And I would say another company that uh, I really appreciate what they're doing with personalization is a company called Stitch Fix. That uh, some people may know it, but it's uh, an apparel company, and their their core product is. Uh, uh, they will send uh, customers a curated set of uh, clothing, uh, uh, pieces of clothing and accessories uh, each month or however, however often you choose. Um, and what I, what I appreciate about them is that they combine behavioral data with customer-provided data to, uh, get to, to basically put that into uh, algorithms and uh, get smarter and smarter over time in terms of what exactly they, they end up providing to you from one month to the next in terms of the, uh, the, the clothing recommendations. I also appreciate it as well because of the fact that they aren't just completely uh, focused on the technology, but they actually have a human touch as well. So they, they essentially marry the, uh, the algorithms that they create with uh, personal stylists that they have uh, on staff to uh, essentially get the best of both worlds, both the human side as well as the, uh, the data-driven side to uh, delight customers. What are common mistakes companies make when embarking on a personalization initiative? I think there's a lot of things. I think there's things that I've uh, personally learned, learned the hard way over time, too. Um, I would, uh, you know, off the top of my head, a couple of things that I would, uh, I would point to is one is making sure that uh, you're not just doing personalization um, in a uh, in a silo or in a small piece of the company and not really applying it um, across the entire customer experience. Um, hand in hand with that, I think there are really basic ways to personalize that aren't going to be noticeable to customers or don't matter to the customer. So one of the one of the classic examples is collecting a customer's name and sending them a. Uh, a communication later on that uh, includes their first name, and that's it. And you know, those those types of things aren't going to be uh, to be meaningful to the uh, to the to the customer. So it's really about thinking bigger and more holistically about um, how you can uh, how you can really uh, incorporate personalization into the, the the larger customer journey, both uh, both when they're when they're on your site in terms of the, uh, the the products that they have that you're making available to them as well as in your uh, in in your marketing that uh, that you do towards them. And another one that comes to mind is uh, we you know, we talked about technology a little while ago and like many types of initiatives I think personalization is one where it's easy to get bogged down by trying to have the perfect technology in place, uh, be it the uh, the data collection and storage component, the uh, insights development or the uh, uh, the deployment uh, aspect to it, um, and I think it's uh, it's something that I've seen great success both at Just Answer and at other companies as well by starting starting small and starting scrappy and really proving out the uh, personalization approaches that you're thinking about, and then using that as a lever to uh, build upon, build more sophisticated capabilities over time, um, and or purchase more sophisticated uh, third-party solutions. Now, before we come to the end of today's podcast episode, uh, Brian, 
how would you recommend someone who hasn't done much personalization yet to get started? Yeah, I, th I think one one thing is there's a lot of uh, information out on uh, on the web and in podcasts about companies that are uh, that are doing personalization well. So I think that is uh, that is one, uh, one one good starting point. I think uh, another one is to seek out experts in marketing, particularly in digital marketing, where I think uh, personalization uh, uh, is more uh, prevalent. And trying to uh, and, and, and picking picking brains, picking their brains to uh, to learn more about what what's worked for them. So those are uh, those are, are two suggestions I would think about. Um, and actually, a third I would say is um, we we talked about different CRM tools. Um, they're offered by uh, by vendors, and their uh, vendor vendors typically have lots of information on their site and other uh, other areas that can also uh, help people get uh, the basic building blocks of personalization and how they may want to think about it at. Uh, at their company. Perfect. Well, Brian, thank you so much for joining me on the Performance Divert podcast and sharing your knowledge on personalization. If people want to find out more about you and just answer, how can they get in touch? Sure. You can uh, look for me on uh, LinkedIn, Brian Border. Uh, pretty easy to, uh, to find. And at uh, Just Answer, it's uh, justanswer.com. Well, thanks everyone for listening. If you like the Performance Delivered podcast, please subscribe to us and leave us a review on iTunes or your favorite podcast application. If you want to find out more about Symphonic Digital, you can visit us at symphonicdigital.com or follow us on Twitter at SymphonicHQ. Thanks again and see you next time. Performance Delivered is sponsored by Symphonic Digital. Discover audience-focused and data-driven digital marketing solutions for small and medium businesses at symphonicdigital.com.